Welcome, everyone, to the podcast that is all about women challenging the status quo, breaking the rules along the way to achieve whatever type of goals that they have. Today, we're specifically focusing on the idea of women and women of color getting advanced degrees. My name is Dr. Shindell Seal, and I am the CEO of Seed Coaching and Consulting, which is a diversity strategy and education company that provides education, diversity training for corporations and for academic institutions all over. I am also the founder of a nonprofit organization called Our Community Mentors that provides academic, professional, and quality of life resources for Southern California, but we've been reaching out across the nation. So I'm excited about that. I'm also the chair of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department for UC Santa Cruz Extension. So I build out all of their diversity curricula. I teach some courses there as well. And I am a professor at University of Redlands in their business school. So I teach organizational change. I teach leadership, organization design, organizational behavior. Everything that has to do with your organization, I'm your person. I read your blog and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm back at school in the best way. Like, <laughs> why were, why was your blog not there breaking down, you know, all the different models of change when I needed it for my papers? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what I'm doing now and why I'm doing what I'm doing is because we have such a dearth of women of color in positions of power in organizations, especially in our corporate spaces and in our academic institutions. And I think, Barari, you had some really, really great stats on on what we're looking at, what the situation is like right now. Yes, and according to a study I saw recently conducted by Catalyst, women have earned more bachelor's degree than men since 1982, more master's since 1987, and more doctorate since 2006. Yet, a study conducted last year by McKinsey and Company found that only 9% of women of color in corporate America, hold the senior manager or director role. Sadly, the numbers get smaller as you move up in the organization. 6% vice president, 5% SVP, and let's not even talk about the C-suite. That's a 3%. For me, making a decision to earn a doctorate degree in strategic leadership from Regent University was a no-brainer. Only 2% of the people in the United States earn a doctorate degree. So my hope and the reason for going after a doctorate degree was to counter those stereotypes of women of color in corporate America. We are brilliant and we and when we are given the opportunity, we make impactful differences in the business, the community and in our families. Look at this today, listen to us today. There's two doctors in the house. You can't get better than that. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. You know, Mirari, your answer is so much more academic than mine. When I was trying to go for an advanced degree, I heard the statistic that if you're single and you get a PhD by the time you're 28, you're never getting married. So I was like trying to hurry up and get my next degree so that I could get rid of that stat. That wasn't my only reason, but... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny that that's the marker, right? The marker is you're never going to get married if you're too intelligent. It's like, right? okay, so what are we saying about marriage right now? <laughs> exactly. What are we saying about marriage? You know, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Because when we look at what Marari was saying about the C-suite and, and looking at these positions that women are qualified to hold, but are unable to attain, you know, you have to be 
twice as good or three times as good as a man to get half of what he has. And so this is why I think a lot of women that the security of that education is vital. So we go after it unabashedly. But then, of course, there's that trade off. And I think that is definitely a stereotype as well. When I was growing up in corporate America, I didn't think I could have a family and go to school and be married because everybody above me was divorced or single. And I was afraid for a long time, hence why I got married at 38 and had my first child at 40 and literally got my doctorate at 47. But at the end of the day, those were things that society was putting on me. Because with a two-year-old and with a husband and as an executive, (laughs) I was able to get my doctorate degree. What I don't want people to think is what you were thinking, Alisa, that you can't have all these things. Yes, there are some sacrifices. I made tons of sacrifices in the past four and a half years, but I also believe that you got to build those support systems around you and be a little bit creative so that you can have a family and you can have your career and all those things. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yes, I have the degree, but wow, my family means so much more. I was happy about getting a degree and I still am and that's my title. But what I've created, what I've been able to accomplish that I almost didn't is just have a generation under me. And that to me is just valuable. So I kind of did it differently. I was married and then I had my son and literally a year after that, we got divorced and I was like, oh, wait, hold up. (laughs) I mean, it was (laughs) oh, wait, I'm a divorced mom of a toddler and I have no education. Holy, what am I going to do with my life? That's when I just went into overdrive, literally, because that piece was what what we were just talking about. How am I going to be able to really, first of all, support myself and my son and then leave that legacy, that example, you know, create that space that I suffered under, essentially. I started college out of high school and flunked. And it took me almost 20 years to get back into college. And then when I did, after my son was born, I was like, okay, I'm just going gusto. Eight years, three degrees. And it was literally, yeah. You just threw? I went straight through. I did my bachelor's in English with a focus on language and linguistics. And then I did my master's in English, no, in education with a focus on teaching speakers of other languages. Then I did my doctorate in education with a focus on organizational change and leadership. And literally, it was like, boom, okay. I'm doing this because I want to move up. I want to make more money. So, okay, let me get the master's because (laughs) if I do that, they're going to see, my job is going to see, and they're going to give me that promotion and that raise. And then I came into my purpose and I said, okay, let me go after it. So it, it really is similar to what men would do. Like, okay, I get this degree. I'm going to be able to make money and blah, blah, blah. But then there's also that other piece for us. What example am I going to have for my kids? What example am I going to be to other women in the world? How am I going to be able to pull them up behind me? I see that in most of the women that were my contemporaries in my doctorate program. When I went to school, I started out community college and I could relate because I didn't have any mentors and I completely failed my first year. And But I'm that type of person. I'm like, no, I'm going to escape poverty. And I know 
enough to know that education has to be part of it. And, and I did, and that's really one of the reasons that kept me going. And as I continued to move up, then I started seeing, okay, the stereotypes in the workplace, the way they look at women of color, they automatically assume we're not smart enough that, oh, you're just going to have 10 kids or you're just, you know, end up on drugs or you're just going to end up with it. And, and I see what the world sees because of what media or whomever have portrayed about us. So to me, it was like, okay, I'm going to make the money and I'm going to get the degree because I'm going to show them I'm smart. Now, at the end of the day, I think what I needed to understand is I don't need to prove to the world. I needed to do it for myself. And I didn't realize that till probably when I finished a few weeks ago, I was like, wow, I wish I would have learned that sooner. (laughs) Well, yeah, because when you step into those spaces, when you step into those spaces and you're like, okay, well, I'm Dr. Marari and I'm blah, blah, blah. They're like, okay, well, great. You know, um, I'm Dr. Whatever, right? Because, you know, depending on the space that you're in, right, you could be in a space where nobody has that degree. And then you're like, mm-hmm. you know, the, in a blind world, the one-eyed man is king, right? So then you're like, whoa, yes. Dr. Barari, right? But then when you're in a situation where everybody has the doctorate, then it's like, okay, you're in this big pond. So then what differentiates you? What is it that you're doing? Why did you get this? What is the motivating factor? And I think that when you started talking just now about really what you're trying to build for your family and for other women in this space is key. Because we see that with the responsibility of this knowledge, or I like to say this lack of knowledge, because the more you realize that you need to learn, right? (laughs) When we see this lack of knowledge, there's a responsibility. It's an encumbrance. We have got to push forward and reach back. So that's the way I look at it. Ooh, push forward, reach back. I love that. (laughs) That's a great quote. I found my purpose through my journey obtaining my doctorate and just really understanding the difference that I was making for other women. It brought me to my purpose and it made me realize you've been doing this throughout your life. Now it's time for you to put a focus on it and put a light on it and really bring it to life. So I'm not originally from the United States, I'm from Barbados. And so all of my teachers when I was young, they all looked like me, right? But then when I came to the United States, I didn't have any teachers that looked like me understood my background because my background is vastly different. Yeah, it's interesting to hear both of your stories because my entire undergrad career, I guess you could say, I was told a communications major isn't going to get you anywhere. You have to get a master's. So I graduated and thought, you know, I should probably get a job before I study to be an executive coach. And What I didn't realize is I was building a career so that later I could be an executive coach, not realizing that I built a career with an undergraduate degree. And even today, I love my degree and the education I got. I got my master's in organizational management and development with a concentration in executive coaching, which is why I like your blog, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's only in hindsight that I realized, you know, I, I didn't even need a degree. I probably could do what I'm doing with just a certification if I wanted to. And so it's just interesting how we grow up or the things that we hear really impact our choices and the paths that we think we have to follow. Yeah, that construct, everybody's like, okay, graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, you work for somebody, you get married, you toil under T 
tyranny. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. That, that's not part of it. Anyway, you you work for them. You get married. Sometimes it is. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I was just kind of, you know, ad-libbing there. And then you have kids, then you retire. And that's that's life. But how, how are we giving back? How are we making something? And it's not necessary, 100%, I will say this, it is not necessary to have those titles. What I will say is what I learned in my academic career, invaluable. I mean, the things that I'm able to do, the way I'm able to push myself, it's not even the content, it's the discipline of getting those two 20-page papers per week done, right? (laughs) That type of stuff right there, when you're cursing at yourself, why the bleep, bleep, bleep did I do this? When you're yelling at everybody around you, when you're up at 2 a.m. drinking coffee, that discipline is what carries you through. And it really, really helps you to be able to do the other things that are important, that can really make a difference in the world. Yeah, and I agree. I went to school, I would say my whole life, because I always went to school part-time. So I got my bachelor's at night. I got my master's at night and on the weekends. And obviously I got my doctorate at night on the weekend. So all I ever know is studying. <laughs> and I got really good to Dr. Seal's point at being disciplined and knowing when I was studying or when I was writing, it had to be a productive time, especially when you have little kids running around. So I got really good at it, but that has carried into my life. To your point, I don't need a doctorate to do what I do as an executive, but it has helped me so much in my personal life where there is discipline about my 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 health, whether it is mental, spiritual, or physical health. And for me, I say it like this. I look at it a little bit different. I'm like, you want to get closer to God? You start studying. <laughs> you go get a doctorate <laughs> degree. Because every day, I'm be like, Lord, I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, but I'm there with you with drinking the coffee. And oh, yes. my God. But that, that it, the discipline, it, it has transformed into everything from... Alisa knows from doing a conference in the middle of a pandemic, from writing a book, from being able to do just all these million things that I do. And people constantly ask me, how do you do it? I'm like, because I didn't have a choice. Well, I guess I could have had a choice not to go to school, but <laughs> once you signed up and you're paying the money, you're like, okay, I need to get this done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because you're going to have a whole lot of explaining to do, honey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if I'm not going to buy that pair of shoes, then I need to make sure that I'm riding. But I can do anything right now. I'm I'm limitless. Like there's so much that I can do because I can apply that discipline to anything that I put my mind to. Dr. Steele, I know you went straight through eight years and you had these expectations. So I want to know what were your expectations and then what was reality? Now we really need the therapist, right? So. (laughs) One of my sayings is expectation breeds disappointment. And that one rang true for my academic journey. And this is what we're taught, right? If you get this education, then you will get this promotion because your job is going to value the energy that you put into it. Your bosses are going to see how great you are. That's what I bought into. With a doctorate, you would imagine, especially in organizational change and leadership, you would imagine, okay, well, I'm going to be running a department or I'm going to be in the C-suite at some point. And this is one of the things that I tell my master's students who are trying to do business or whatever. It really, really is about your relationships. 
It's about those relationships that you've formed in that organization. It's about experiences that you've had and more so the relationships than the experiences. Those relationships will trump those experiences all day long if somebody really, really believes in you. And I didn't have that. What did you have instead of that? I had the relationships, but not in the right places. And I don't think the right people believed in me. And I don't think that the right people really, really would have gone to bat for me. If anybody's listening, form those authentic relationships, you know? That's the lesson. We've heard that a lot, the relationships, the sponsors, the mentors, Mm -hmm. the people who are laterally working alongside of you. Mm -hmm. It really is not just the people, but I like that you said building authentic connections and relationships with people because at the end of the day, it is human to human experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what work is about. And you obviously are an expert in that. (laughs) Yeah. I became an expert a little too late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now you can say that with the knowledge and the experience to back it up. (laughs) It's all about the relationships anywhere, not just in corporate America, in anywhere that that you want to succeed or even in the community, if you really want to make things happen. There are people who will say things and build stories to prove themselves that you still belong in that stereotype that the world has built for you. So at the end of the day, for your mental health, it's critical that you do it for yourself. That to me was the biggest disappointment. Number one, the haters, and number two, the people that build stories and tell themselves their own lies to still see you in the stereotype that society has built for women. Well, that makes them comfortable. If it's always been like a security blanket to have you right here next to me and you have emerged and become this force for good, what does that mean about me? That's right. It's more Mm -hmm. about their perspectives upon themselves and their lack than it is about your achievement. That's literally all it is. And your example for your family, for your kids, and even those haters, because they're watching you too. And trust me, they're probably about to take a certificate program trying to get up to where you are. That's what it is. (laughs) But that's what happens. Hopefully we don't spend our time like thinking about that situation. Hopefully we focus on really where we need to go. That means you're doing something right. I agree. And I always say I have this little girl that's looking at me and failure is not an option for me right now at this stage. There are Mm going to be plenty of things that she will be able to fail at in school. It's not an option. (laughs) Not in this family. (laughs) No. And then she sees purpose in her mom. You are her example. You are her icon. And when she's able to look at you and and she goes to school, she's like, well, my mom's a doctor. (laughs) Because they do that. They do that. Okay, they do yes. that. They don't know what your doctor in. So they probably think that you're like, you know, listening to heartbeats or something. They probably think that. Yep. But they're going to say, my mom's a doctor. That level of pride is everything. Yeah, and at the end of the day, let's just face the facts. As people of color, we have to work harder. So let's just face it, whether we like it or not. And at the end of the day, education is... It's almost like the minimum that we got to be able to get just to even be considered. I don't even know if this is on topic or not, but I was having this interview a couple days ago and this lady asked me, what do you think about bringing your authentic self to the workplace? We should be able, and she was like, I was like, dude, it is not desirable to bring (laughs) authentic self as somebody who looks like this to the workplace because you will be 
carrying all your boxes out in your little trash can to your car. You, there, there are, for us, there are different rules. And those rules is very, very important. Now, the tide is shifting. I mean, I'm in the DEI space. This is what I live. The tide is shifting. And with Gen Z, they are not playing this whole like racism, you know, any kind of ism stuff. But still, to this, to your point, we have got to understand the realities of our life, the realities of our education, the realities of our professional um, endeavors and work accordingly. Push the envelope, but still do what you need to do. And, and it is amazing to see what is blossoming just in front of us. The fact that you could achieve it with the barriers. What does that say about your potential? What does that say about what you are able to do at every turn? This is the gem within us. I really, really am pushing to help other young women of color find that gem because a lot of it is under a lot of dust, right? We, yes. All the messaging that we see, everything that we hear does not serve getting to these achievements. But in reality, it's latent within us. The higher women go, the more resistance, the more genderisms, the more microaggressions, for people of color, the more racism you are going to experience. If you are just, you know, lower level, you're not going to experience it the way that women with advanced degrees experience it. And especially a woman of color, you're a twofer. You're a twofer. Now we're looking at, oh, well, so how did you get that? Was it, you know, mm -hmm. an affirmative action, blah, blah, blah. And you're <laughs> going to hear that from women too. Women who don't really realize that the only reason why they're where they are too is because of affirmative action. But we'll just leave it at that. I feel ignorant because I had no idea that was there. When you get your higher degree, I thought people would start to get it for some reason in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. No. It gets definitely harder. So I have two. I have a five and a seven-year-old. I care for my parents and I've gone to school my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I build that muscle. But people start thinking, oh, how do you do that as an executive? Your job must be easy. It's like, really? You can't oh, yeah. say that here's a role model. Here is somebody that gives back to the community. Here is somebody mm -hmm. that is doing the right thing. An example. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like, wow, this is an opportunity also to show them this is what you can be capable of if you change your mindset. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. minute you start thinking this is as far as you can go, then that's your mindset. My mindset is my sky is the limit. Now, is it going to be easy? I always known it. I've experienced it. I lived it. I know it's not easy. But if we continue to have the mindset that things are hard, they are. If you want it that bad. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And one of the things, too, like and you mentioned this, when you start hearing it from your family, that can be a very hurtful thing. Let me tell you, I've, I've heard it from everywhere, right? <laughs> I've heard it from everywhere, literally, okay? And, oh, so you're a doctor now, so you think blah, blah, blah. Oh, so now you think you're smarter than me. Oh, so now, oh, oh, well, um, let me just share You're this like, actually, you. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what I say. I say, no, I don't think I'm smarter than you. You think I'm smarter than you. <laughs> yes. you stop even better. And then you just stop talking. Because that's really, that's really what the, the I, like I told you before, they're pulling you down because they, in their minds, believe certain things, right? Yes. We as women, we've been taught this is the limit this is the construct in which you will live. This piece, Ms. Doctor Executive, is going to get real. And I want you to hit me up when it happens. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, I'm giving it maybe about like when you start putting your title on stuff, hit me up like a week after. <laughs> Because that's going to that's. I might call you later tonight because I put my title on right away. <laughs> right? <laughs> when you know your worth, all these things that come at you, all this negativity from your loved ones, from the workplace, from society, you can just brush them off. Because at the end of the day, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for the people that need that visibility, that need that hope, that need that door open. I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for the people that don't want to do more for themselves. You're not going to be able to change their mind. And that's not my job. There you go. My job is to help those that want to be helped. Boom. Speaking of helping, I don't want to miss everything that you're doing with your nonprofit. So you gave us a little bit of a taste at the beginning, but... Now that I've heard everything, almost, I mean, we could probably go on for a while. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not getting my PhD. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. More power to you, girl. <laughs> You're doing more than most. But, Let me just put it that way. <laughs> tell us more about your nonprofit because it sounds incredible. It's called Our Community Mentors, and it was born of not having any mentors. We've got like three or four pillars. The first one is we deal with youth, like marginalized youth. We have this thing called career days. Like we bring in innovative professionals of color that are similarly situated to the kids that are in the schools. We, we'd have like five or six of them come in and they'd rotate through the classrooms and whatnot. And the kids actually have opportunities to apprentice with these professionals. And the kids actually get like a, a roadmap and they actually write it out for them. And, you know, it's really, really a wonderful keepsake for the kids. So we've serviced probably over 2000 students from K through 12. We also do financial literacy classes for middle school and high school students. I wrote this workbook to help elderly who were having like early onset dementia. And so I bring my son and like his friends in and they actually help them write. It's great for obituaries. It's great for their families when, you know, they pass away or whatever. We also do job preparedness seminars and whatnot, because like I said, we don't know what we don't know. So I'm thinking about entering into job preparedness for people better developmentally disabled. That's going to be a little bit of a work, but yeah, that's what we do. Congratulations. That's amazing that you're able to serve so many different people in that manner. Like I said, this is, this is that mind, right? That's that, oh, I have to be doing, I have to be doing. <laughs> Well, Dr. Steele, I'm listening and I'm like, oh man, I need to do more. I'm not doing enough, you know? <laughs> That's a gift that you have. And for you to be leveraging your gifts to give back to the community, that right there is priceless. I have two questions to end us off today. One, what's your pump me up song? And then when people who have a lot of ambition and who know there's so much they can be capable of in a healthy manner, we don't want people to burn out, of course, when they are in that stalled place, what advice would you give to help them to push forward themselves? And what should they be listening to? That's the real question. <laughs> well, first, there are a bunch of songs that I actually listen to to get myself through. But this goes back to when I was doing my doctorate. I was listening to Alicia Keys, This Girl Is On Fire. Yes. I mean, I would be like, <sighs> the thing comes on the radio and I'm like, hey! <laughs> like, yeah, I can do it. Yes. When you're at that valley, 
it can be like an emotional boulder on top of you when you don't really know how to get past it. And for me, depending on what it is that I'm down and out about, I think about, well, what's gonna happen if I don't do it? When my son grows up, I wanna have those landscapes, those environments prepared for people like us to get into. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do right now, that's time I've wasted. That's opportunities that could be lost. And what would that mean for them? It can be very, very stressful because now you're really like replacing what it is that you need to be doing for what you want to do, essentially. But I think it's important to consider the alternative and work toward that. That's great encouragement for our listeners who have a purpose and a calling on their lives. When you do find it, whether it's through getting your education or working on a project that you never knew you were passionate about, once things start to click, what will happen if you don't do it? Because we are all created with certain skill sets, certain knowledge, certain experience to bring other people along to make a difference. Even when you feel like there's a boulder ahead of you, because we all know what that feels like. inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram at colorforwardpod. I'm Elisa Monjadis, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us and please leave us a review.